awesome nerds and happy non-denominational holidays from D&D and TV, the podcast where we watch TV shows and talk about how the themes, concepts and characters can be used in different role-playing games. I am joined by my friend Meek, who is currently loading a turkey into some sort of cannon to fire across the nation at a different table. Yep, that's exactly how I celebrate the holidays over here. Who doesn't? By throwing poultry. Well, it's, it's not throwing, it's launching poultry yeeting yeeting poultry <laughs> you know mm. what that makes it sound better we've come across mm. a number of new terms uh such as it's because we're young and hip that's right mm. and yeeting is another one that we yeah. are quite um quite up to date with <laughs> yeah because we are young and hip that's right that's right so we do have a a break from our normal uh episodes of talking about gossip girl the uh 2007 masterpiece yep i i understand no i can't i can't say it i can't say it it's fine uh i'm trying maybe as a as a gift i will give you me saying it it is a masterpiece but that will not occur just yet we are taking a break as i said from um from the regularly regularly scheduled updates to talk about the letters that we have been receiving um from a lot of listeners uh, these are not necessarily just about the Gossip Girl uh, episodes. Most of them are about the Gossip Girl episodes. And I thought, well, I thought that we would read out some of the listener questions. Um, we've got a few mm. here uh, from different different people. thought we'd read maybe alternate. Uh, you read one and then I read one. And um, whether it's to both of us or just a question for me that you found and one that I can read for you. Um, would you like uh-huh. to go first or shall I? Oh, sure. I would love to go first because I'm so prepared. I'm going to point out that we are currently at four minutes and actually getting into the meat of the episode that we have planned. So this is already a new record for us. I mean, New Year's resolutions, there's one we should set. Yeah, I feel that we definitely should set that. I feel that we'll break it very, very quickly, but it's something we should try (laughs) to have an episode that is under two hours. Okay, that's a good goal. That's a smart goal. That is like specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Yes, yes, definitely, all of those things. Yeah, was that the first question? (laughs) Why your episode so long? What is a smart goal? Uh, No, no, it's 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 a D and D themed question. Which, funnily enough, I don't know if you know this, Jeremy, but this is actually this podcast is about D and D. I didn't a lot of the time. I had forgotten yeah. in some of the episodes that we've spoken about yeah. so far. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure whether that's it's because not too, just... it's not just Gossip Girl. I it may just be because Gossip Girl is very hard sometimes to push into the D and D and RPG territory, uh, which is not true because Gossip Girl is perfect for all the different RPGs that you can play. We've talked about Monster Hearts before, but yeah, it is sometimes yeah. surprising that we get bogged down in the drama rather than the um, the actual rule stuff. I would say we just get more hooked into what I'm calling free therapy, where I can just resolve old wounds and and share things from my youth that I wish I didn't do. Really, that's great. It's healing. Yeah. Uh, but sure, it's about. But it, it's not what we're here for. Yes. <laughs> no. 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 We're happy, here for a question. Happy coincidence. Yes. Okay. Question one. Are you ready? I am. I hope that like you're. I'm looking for like articulate, well thought out answers to these amazing questions i mean why start now but okay (laughs) first question question one 
have you ever played a teen archetype character and if so like who were they oh so like a teen archetype character like the prom queen or the jock or yeah or like a dan or a blair or a like nate or a chuck that is a good question i hmm i played the wooby a few times which is very much a teen character the teen well it's not always a teen character the wooby is um wooby so it's w double o b i e the wooby uh something if you search td tropes essentially it's the person that all the bad things happen to but they keep soldering on and they're like yeah i can i can do this i'm okay but you're like no you're just heart your little heart's breaking inside you just want to hug them but they're usually like evan kelp yes Dimension you could, 20 reference? Yeah, yeah. You could say in Gossip Girl that, well, Chuck is kind of orby sometimes. That he's just, he's got so much pain inside him. And don't you just want to help him and, and make him feel better? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that that's kind of the character that I've had. I have had one character like that. My, um, my half-orc fighter, who was just that broken little boy who just wanted people to love him and didn't understand that, well people don't like a six foot tall half orc that stabs you but instead of saying hello um but i don't really think otherwise not so much i i generally you go mean with... you usually play characters like that are more wizened and like well traveled yeah i generally play someone who's a lot more damaged as well someone who isn't well someone who'll be going an older character in most cases, who will have gone through all that teen stuff and isn't discovering the world for the first time or doesn't fit into one of those archetypes because they fit into a different archetype. Mm. Why do you think that is? <laughs> because I'm damaged. Because I'm damaged. That's why. Speaking of uh, making this show about therapy and uh, reliving old pain, what about you, Meek? Do you have any any characters? That are your t- the teen archetypes? Do you have a prom queen Blair or a um, queen bee? I always play younger characters, which, again, no reason. It's totally not because I'm trying to cling on to my youth uh, <laughs> and trying to remain young and hip. Uh, and it's definitely because I'm so not okay with being 35. Um, I don't know if they were... I'm trying to go through... I don't think, though, like young enough to be like teenager because also there's a part of me that's very conscious of like a 35 year old playing an 18 year old that just yeah Yeah, i feel 18 is okay if you go if you're the 35 year old playing a 16 year old and it's like oh i'm doing all these things and i don't know what it's going to be the adventures are like you're like hmm this is this is uh really trying to recapture that that youthful feel i generally go for if i'm going to play a teen character it's usually 19 to go to 20 where they're a little bit older and they're starting to become an adult and figuring it all out well, like, isn't it weird, like, with elves and stuff as well, isn't, like, their teenage years, like, 40-something anyway? Yeah. Isn't that, like, the, the elvish, like, so there's a weird thing anyway if you play an elf. So I think that's how I usually get around it, actually. I think usually... You play an elf. I play an elf. Elf bard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm that basic bitch. Yeah. Uh, See, once you hit yeah, uh, 38 or so, you start it. to play dwarves instead because it's the same thing and you just get to do whatever you want. I don't think I will. Okay. I don't think I'll ever play a dwarf. <gasps> Thank you very much. Wow. So Thank dwarfist. you very much. I just, I just don't care. I just, it's, I just don't like the aesthetic. Gnomes. I've played a gnome before. I was okay with a gnome. Okay. You haven't read Rat Queens, Maybe a halfling. No, I haven't yet. Okay. It's, I have the book somewhere. 
You should. That's really good. Mm. Um, but yeah. So yeah, you get yeah, around. I don't it. know if I answered that question. Um, well, I just asked if there were any characters that fit the archetype, and you just said there's teen characters great. that you play. Um, but I, yeah, I, great. I'm gonna say I, I feel I know you a bit from from our podcast. You don't really fit characters into archetypes, uh, anyway. True, I do. I, if anything, I like to subvert the the kind of like like I would like to play like an aging prom queen, like you know someone's mum who's trying to like live through their child or something oh yeah like as if they're trying yeah. to live that life that isn't theirs anyway and that's maybe why they're adventuring because like i don't know yeah the kids have, yeah. have started their own little family like they're not doing what i'm gonna say so i'm gonna go and live the life they should be leaving kind of thing yes exactly exactly yeah, cool. cool i like that i yeah. might steal that as well to be an old grizzled grizzled warrior um <laughs> Well, moving on to the next question, uh, we've got one here from um, from Raggedy McStreet Kid Pancake Batter. <laughs> Our listeners have the best usernames. Oh, I'm just going to throw God. that out there. Um, really appreciate you creating those usernames for us. Uh, and they've asked which of your characters would fit best in the Gossip Girl world. Ooh. This is, I'm which... going to assume this is existing characters that we have played who would um, fit in best. Okay. Oh, okay. I was thinking like your crit roles and your Dimension 20s. My I mean, we, we could think play. of I that mean, as well. I mean, I think, to be honest, pretty much. Actually, maybe not all my characters. Uh, definitely my main character that was my longest character until they unfortunately died. 100% my, my Bard Elf, yeah. uh, who was a charlatan, charlatan background, level four rogue. Very much gives off a bit of like, a little bit of Blair vibes and a little bit of a character we haven't met yet. So I don't want to like, I don't want to, I don't want to put spoilers in, but there's a character that comes in, I think season two or three. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Maybe maybe Do we should I make think, this a spoiler anyway. a spoiler episode. Oh, amazing! Then Since spoilers it's out of continuity. We'll put I'll put a warning at the start, or not at the start, just in the in the description saying spoilers ahoy. Okay, perfect. In that instance, then there's a character that comes up called Ivy, and if I remember rightly, she is Lily's. I don't know if she's Lily's actual daughter or she's like. Well, she's she's some weird relate. Oh no, she's Lily's sister's daughter. That's right. She's Lily's niece. So anyway, and cousin. she comes into the city. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And she comes to the city with this whole like, they don't know who she is at first, and she has this whole double identity thing, and she's kind of leading these two lives. And like, then it turns out she's not actually Lily's niece, but she. But then we find out she is because that's how this show works. Uh, anyway, long wow. story short, this is like um, brothers and sisters all over again. Yeah, 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 yeah. But long story short, essentially this character just, like, gets into the world, fits into where they are, says all the right things, like, you know, disguise self, all that kind of stuff, and then it gets found out, and then she just has all these other identities, which is pretty much what my character was, what Rodelia was. Ah, so, so, yeah. That's interesting. I look forward to seeing that, because I have no recollection of this character whatsoever. She's a blonde... Well, I'm going to say she, it doesn't really help in this. It does. She's blonde, but like... Wow, the blonde so woman in New York. I, it must be the only yeah. one. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Well, what about um, what do you think from somewhat more on to to disparage Redalia, um, more famous uh, D and D adventures and, and RPGs oh. that people might be familiar with? Because I have, uh, I will, I'd... I will say that okay. um, certainly um, uh, Percival von uh, Richtenstein, yeah. Dorola Kowalski the third, uh, he would fit in. He would fit in very, very well. Yeah. Uh, in in just New York in general. Yeah. And isn't Caleb just a rebranded Dan Humphreys, really? Ooh. I Without don't know. with with less with more trauma. I would say that Caleb has more trauma than Dan has, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I guess that works. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna think of that. Sad book boy, yeah. He's, huh. This is the lonely boy that killed his all his friends before actually uh, re- graduating high school. Yes. And didn't oh. realize. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I was going to say spoilers. It's not. It's not what happens. He doesn't. Kill um, That's for you. Uh, the, the other series <laughs> that Penn Badgley's in. Oh, I was going to say also later episodes when Jenny Humphreys goes full like rock off alt hates the world uh lots of dark smoky eyes she does become a bit uh fig faith as well from dimension 20 uh she goes through that phase that, she like, does a, a little tiefling phase phase was yeah, now, yeah, yeah 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 you might know this a little bit better than i was that whole phase because taylor momson had an album coming out and was starting to move towards that direction as an artist i don't know i think i think gossip girl came before that because I, I okay. didn't know about her music thing until later. And I'd like to think that I was so into it, I think I would have known. Although maybe okay. I didn't. Who knows? Huh. There you go. Uh, do you have another question, Meek? Or uh, I have a few. Okay. No, that's fine. I can, I've got another question. Fantastic. What have we got? All right. Okay. Uh, apart from Monster Hearts, because mm-hmm. uh, we've already discussed Monster mm-hmm. Hearts, what other... TTRPG settings uh, fit into these kind of like high school, you know, archetype type things? Or what other game systems do you know? Because we've kind of touched on it, but we've never really actually, and I'm definitely passing this one to you because I'm hmm. such a purist. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You haven't even done Pack Tales of Equestria yet. <laughs> I find what I like and that's I mean, what I do. Yeah. Um, I would say you could probably fit in Kids in Brooms or Kids on Brooms. Uh, that okay. wouldn't be too difficult to do. That's the similar to Kids on Bikes, which was kind of a love letter to the um, the traditional Goonies, um, Home Alone, um, Stranger Things sort of shows. Yeah. Uh, Kids on Brooms is then the the magical university version of that. Uh, simply because yeah, it's, okay. you know, they're sc- high school students. It's very limited in the show of how much school stuff we actually have seen so far. Mm. Um, but there is like a, a good portion of it that is about them having to be teenagers and go to school and the problems that school has and, and homework. Mm. Though I don't think we've seen any homework. Anyway, um, yeah, Kids on Brooms would work particularly well. I think Fiasco would be a good one. Oh, that is one I do know of that I had actually flagged. Uh, yeah, I feel that that one would be an easy one to sort out simply because you just make all the characters teenagers in high school. It's nothing to do with, 
with role play it's like there's a heist you're doing something you're having to get the test scores you're having to hide the drugs something to do with whatever the the upper east siders are up to it just happens to be that they're all they're all in the school or something like that um there's probably a couple of other ones i still feel that monster hearts buffy rpg there has been a I feel buffy like that RPG. would also be a good like i i like the buffy rpg i feel that it probably works better as something like monster of the week uh, which is similar okay. in style. Like they use the same system as Monster Hearts, but in that mm-hmm. one, basically a monster shows up, you're a little team that goes out and fights that. And um, one of the best things about it is you actually get experience by failing, which I believe Monster Hearts does as well. Ooh, I like that. Oh, I really like that. That's Why really... don't we do that in D&D? Uh, so because, so like well, effort is rewarded. Effort, effort is rewarded. Um, I believe Call of Cthulhu does that as well, that if you fail a role, you get a little point that can go towards that as you start to learn more and more about it. Um, mm. I believe you don't do it in D&D because they wanted to reward you for killing monsters. It's like if you don't kill monsters, then you don't get rewards. Right. So at, at its heart, D&D is kill monsters, get treasure. That's the... the mm idea of Kill the monsters whole game. Mull money. That's right. That's right. There's going to be a to song in the new film. Yeah. This is the new oh, TikTok. Yeah. Who's it? Is, is Chalamet in that film? I don't know. Is Chris Pine in the is. Film? He might be. There's someone I know that I'm like, Tom Holland? No. Who is in this film that I was like, oh yeah. Chris Pine? No. Joe Mangiello and Alano. Oh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. I think he's playing the villain. Great. Anyway. Anyway. Was that the question? I forgot. What do we think of the casting of the upcoming TNT movie? No, the question was um, what other game systems would work. I can't remember why we got oh, into yeah, the movie. Oh, yeah, And I'm trying to think of some other systems that would work particularly well. I feel that there would be a couple. Um, they might be more of an independent style, something like the Good Society which is, is one that we used to talk oh, a lot yeah. about on um, of Dyson yeah, Bands, yeah. which was a lot more uh, Regency era England and Pride and Prejudice style. Um, not oh, like Pride and Prejudice timed Gossip Girl would be amazing. I mean, essentially that's Brigerton, right? Brigerton? 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 Brid- no, fuck Brigerton. No, Brid- <laughs> Bridgerton. Bridgerton? I don't know. Sure. Brigerton. It kind of is. I mean, isn't this what you know Downton what Abbey is as well? It's just another no, high but society, but like, drama. But isn't Downton Abbey actually historical accurate? Whereas Bridgerton was more like, like, like there were parts of like the costume and stuff that were very modern and parts of like oh, the elements of, yeah. Probably. I feel that there are a number of, of role-playing games that I haven't encountered. Um, most of the role-playing games that I encounter are more of the adventure heist uh, monster type mm. ones. Um, but yeah, I suspect there would be quite a few that would work for that exact sort of environment. This is the kind of where you just lean into the role play and it becomes less about rolling dice and just about improv and LARPing. Yeah. And uh, then it just becomes this is what. Yeah, which is great. It's fun. This is part of why you do it. It's just enjoyable to sit down with your friends and play make-believe for a little while. It's like, I'm a duke really who's also a gnome. By? What were you very surprised by? Uh, 
I'm gonna have to bring up the actual facts though before I say this. I don't know if you're aware, but on the gram, there is like a people that do like an annual survey of like D&D questions and research and they collate it. I think they might actually be people that are doing like an actual, you know, university level investigation into D&D. Anyway, every year they do a yearly survey. And one of the ones I saw they popped out the other day, which I was really surprised by, was about how important is role-playing to your game. And I was very surprised by the outcome because I thought I was in the minority. Um, But let me find the question. Oh, yeah. Consider these three pillars of RPGs. Exploration, role-playing, and combat. Which pillar interests you the most? Uh, 69.2% role-playing. 21% exploration and only 9% combat. Really? I know, right? I would be interested. I would be very interested to find out what the demographics of um, of their study would be, because I feel. Please do. Um, I I would certainly think that the younger players now. Oh, there would be kind of a a crossover. If you're looking like the twelve to fifteen year olds, they're going to be a lot more about the combat. And just fighting stuff as much mm-hmm. as they can. You get to sixteen through to about. I this is just guessing. Sixteen through to about twenty-four. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more about role play. Uh, then yeah. maybe twenty-four plus. You're getting puzzles and role play, and then mm-hmm. the super old grognards. That's when you're getting the the combat again, and uh, and that's pretty much it. See, but the interesting thing with that is like my beautiful party that I play with are younger than like are in the younger brackets there and are super combat focused which is why i assumed that everyone was combat focused but i also think it depends on why like if, if people have a war gaming background and stuff as well i think yeah. that impacts on yeah i think, th- I think but yeah anyway spot on the the war gaming background you'll get a lot more combat and tactical focused yeah which i like to anyway, so- i like to combat that in my games by having just a different environment every single time so they can't predict this is what you do in this situation so that it just constantly changes and it makes this epic set piece and it's really fun mm-hmm. and you're like great you got your tactics it's not going to work this time because you're falling down a mountain on a, on a sled that's also on fire the reason my character died is because we had to fight in a hallway a 10 foot wide hallway that had a corner that's why my character died because none of our fucking spells yeah. could go around corners and yeah. if we went and like faced the baddie in like the, it, it was just that's the only reason I died is because of a freaking corner. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I found out that I could have like I had like a, a spell that would have really helped that I totally forgot one of my magical items did. But your car in the moment your character would have panicked and forgotten about that. Yeah, exactly. It's that's life how, or death. That's how into everything. my role play I am. That's right. You let your character die. That's why I totally don't even inspire people as a bard most times. Because I'm like my character wouldn't remember to do this. <laughs> like it's their sole job. Uh, yeah, great. I think we I think we answered that question very well. Definitely uh, stayed sure. on topic and no tangents whatsoever. So here's another this is, one. This is a ta- this is a tangent friendly episode. It is. Surely. It is. No, it is. Um, uh, which actually kind of uh, leads into my next question or next uh, mm. listener question, which is our uh, listener CB from Monaco. Uh, who writes, great show. I always sit and listen with a glass of scotch aged 18 years. I love the tangents you both go on, but I have to ask, just how drunk are you when you record? 
Wow. Well, I can Thanklessness, say today, CB. 100% honesty. Not at all. This is a very, I mean, I take this extremely, extremely seriously. The oh, yes. amount of notes of research that I have that I bring to this podcast each week is phenomenal. I can guarantee it's been at least 16 hours since you've had a drink. I'm mean, like doing maths. For me, it's more like eight or nine, but it's still, it's um, it's not quite that many. Yeah, no, yeah, but not when you know contributing to the arts like this. No, that's true. We don't actually have drinks. We don't uh, get drunk before recording the podcast. Uh, it may be a side effect, or it may have occurred earlier in the day, but not during the recording itself. Uh, I save that for tell me about your D and D character which uh, began What's many... What's that? Uh, that was another podcast that you were on. So um, <laughs> you, you might remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's still active, uh, hoping to get back to that uh, next year. Um, Miki can come on and tell us about the, the character that you've replaced Redelia with. And... Or <laughs> the, not. The, I, I the character that I like. Yeah. The character I played two sessions with and, like, detest. Wow. Wow. That's uh, 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 but I did yeah. just say useless. I built them badly. Anyway. Uh, tell me about your D&D character kind of started after I was interviewing a, an author um, and said, hey, you're into D&D. You want to stick around for another hour and we'll talk about this. And we grabbed a beer, had a chat, just kind of started off. And from then on, it was always like, cool, have a beer, have a different uh, alcohol before every session, just loosen everything up. Uh, and it kind of culminated with uh, Jack Heath, an Australian author who actually named his characters after beers. I also just want to say quietly, I don't think I got that memo about the fact that there was meant to be beverages before the episode. I think I might have to schedule you in the morning um, when we recorded that one. So I don't recall. All comes out. It, it all does comes now. out. Which it, we have more than made up for it on this one. No beverages consumed of an alcoholic nature during this recording. Oh, no, wait. My water bottle is actually vodka. Do you know what? This is is an extremely professional production. I've listened to the past two seasons, and I know what the big shoes we have to fill. And that's what I bring. My Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A-game. Speaking of your A-game, what's the next question you've got for us? Oh, uh my next question how many questions have you got maybe i should ask okay i have many more <laughs> okay then maybe you chuck a few more in there while i right. find my others while you, while you find the next question um i've i've got one here from not enough colors um thank <laughs> thanks for listening not enough colors um shout out to wherever you're from uh, which says, if the fight on the hockey field in Poison Ivy hadn't been stopped, who do you think would have won? Blair. I don't even have to think about it. Blair, full stop. Next question. I don't know. I feel Serena's got a bit of an edge to her. Like, she's the one that initiated it. And I feel that she had that that first part of energy. I feel she would have probably injured Blair and Bear just would have been in shock and wouldn't have really fought back for the first couple of minutes. Um, and that would have given Serena enough of a, a fight, enough of a, an edge to, to put her out. No, because Blair would have, there would have been something. She would have been the one that found like dirt on the ground to throw in her eyes or, oh, like, yeah. you know, like, a slightly sharpened twig uh, into like a, I don't know, 
Just like grab the grass and like gouge the eyes with it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the real winner for a fight like that would be everybody watching. So. Yeah. I think that, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, but no, I, I, I do honestly think, cause I think Blair has that. That's the, that's the thing that is the flaw of Blair. Like if we look at, you know, Bond's flaws, personality traits, whatever it is, one of her flaws is that there is a mean streak in her and mm. what she does very well at spoilers later on is like combating that and kind of being aware of it and like, you know, recognizing where that comes from and why she is that way, but still it's there. Yeah, I, I feel that Blair does very much have that flaw of I take things too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. regrets it and, like, tries to apologise, being as made evident in the uh, in that same episode, actually, the one where she, like, yeah. finds out she accidentally outs um blonde tips. Uh, Eric. Serena's brother. Eric. Eric. Yeah. yeah. Blonde tips is going to be his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that accurate. Um, yeah, I feel that if this was a darker show, Blair would have accidentally killed someone. This she mean would it was be- like Pretty Little Lies or something? Yeah, if it was Buffy or like a supernatural show where death occurred pretty regularly, Blair mm. would actually accidentally kill someone and it would be this dark path that she'd go down for a little while before she was eventually redeemed mm. and seek out forgiveness. And I think that would just be because she takes it too far. It's like, it's an accident, but it happened. Are we, this is completely spoiler free, yeah? Does so Blair I can, like, kill someone? Things that happen. <laughs> Not Blair, but uh, Serena. Oh, yeah, that tracks. It comes out, I think it's. It's probably by the end of the season. season. Is it? I don't know. I, yeah, we'll, we'll see when we get there. But it's right. soon ish. It's soon. Yeah. Anyway, Serena possibly, well, she didn't really, but she kind of thinks she did, but she didn't really. But. Oh, it's one of those ones where, like, somebody OD'd and Serena's like, nope, back to New York, going to pretend that didn't happen. And everyone's just... Bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very Serena, isn't it? Just run away from your problems. Mm. Classic mm. Serena behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking through these now. There are actually no questions that I have here about Serena. That's, um, that's very telling for someone who was the first character to be introduced in the show. Yeah, but there's just so many blonde people. It's just it's easy to get her like mixed up with all the others between Nate and blonde tips and mum mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. grandma and yeah, and, and one of Blair's offsiders. Uh, two of them, Jenny. Actually. Jenny, <laughs> yeah. There one's Every- brunette, one's blonde. Everyone confuses Jenny and Serena anyway, so which mm. is so concerning. That's so worrying that Dan's super into Serena when everyone's like, "Oh, your sister looks just like her." It's like, dude, really? Well, don't people say that you're meant to be attracted to your parents? I mean, I know there's like the whole Oedipus Rex thing, but isn't there like a literal like chemical part of your brain? That, like, I don't know. I, I feel this is a nature nurture thing. I don't thing. know how much that is. I don't know how much that is like poor shit. Yeah, I feel it's a nature nurture thing that you see when children see their parents as idealized adults. That's what you want to be when you grow up. And in a lot of cases, you're like, well, that's the partner I want because that's what I've seen modeled for me. Um, and that's mm. where that might come from more so than gotcha. just a, a physical thing. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Um, I'm barely even. What? <laughs> I know, right? What have I been doing on this podcast for I the mean, last eight episodes? I, I have a, um, a psychology degree, but I found it in a dumpster, so it doesn't really count as, as actually mine. Yeah, I'll take it. No, that's mine. Don't take it at all. <laughs> no, like, I'll take your expertise. Oh, oh okay, I see. Uh, have you found a question yet? Yes. <laughs> what have you got? 
Uh, I have a question uh, about... Oh, okay. This is a great one. <laughs> oh, good. I didn't see that one. I only saw the ones I got in the in the email inbox. So you must yeah. have found one of the others. No. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Came through on if... Instagram, no doubt. Yes, exactly. At blushing underscore bard, being inactive for a month. <laughs> Please don't leave. <laughs> um, no, this question is about uh, running it as from a DM perspective. But like how to deal with like inter-party politics in terms of like his like because part of the great thing about this show is the whole Blair and Serena rivalry. Uh, what do you call it? Like rivalry, yeah. And that yeah. can be a really fun dynamic between characters as well. But like when does as a DM does that become just fucking annoying that like parties can't agree on what they want to do and so yeah. So how to deal with inter-party politics. Um as a DM. Because I hear that you're a professional DM. I am. So, I am. Yeah. Um I don't know where you had heard that. I might have been on the on the <laughs> the professional games that we both run. Uh, I it would depend on the game. It would depend on the group. I think that if groups enjoy having that discussion and having that reasoning and convincing each other of the best course of action, I would just let them go at it. Let them decide amongst mm-hmm. themselves. Let them vote. However, they they figure it out. I would not even step in. I'm like, this is clearly the way you want to role play, uh, and go have at it if if you find that fun go for it most people don't find that fun uh so I, yeah i would generally take not take the choice away from them but push them toward a certain like if they're trying to decide do we go down the river or do we go through the jungle uh mm-hmm. I, after the, if they've been just talking backwards and forwards for like 20 minutes or so and didn't seem to be getting anywhere i might have an npc come up and say hey you guys going up the river here's a cheap boat yeah. And just like, look, what about here's like an incentive outside on of that, one side. Though? Like um, outside of that, just like general, like having two characters in a party that just part of their characters is that they just don't get along. I'm trying to think of an example, like a little bit like not and uh, Ford in like the last season of Critical Role. Yeah. Again, I think it's depending on what the players, if the players are on board with it and that's the dynamic they want to have for the characters, mm. then. Yeah. Sure, that is awesome. They're having a good time. They're clearly pl- not planning it out, but they're certainly leaning into that that antagonism. Yeah. If it's something that their characters just don't get along, I'd probably take them both aside and say, look, it seems like your characters are clashing a lot. Maybe mm. we want to rethink the dynamic. Maybe one of you wants to, to step aside, whether like introduce a new character um have yeah. a think about it. or maybe both of you do which might be an option like mm-hmm. if i wanted to put full teacher like a uh, parental guardian hat on i would say both of you get new characters and you have to work on them together so that they're going to get along right uh because that seems yeah. like a better way because it means you're actually talking to each other communication is so important it is it Just really in is. life I am, I'm life. realizing that so many of my games and TV shows that I like are based around friends who just really like each other and deal with a whole bunch of shit, like all these problems. Yeah. But the core of it is this group of friends who liked each other. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's, that's One Tree Hill. That's kind of Gossip Girl eventually, I assume. I know, you're looking okay. confused. I know. <laughs> You, you gotta be faster. I can't even get it you out anymore. Faster. I can't even get it 
I was. It's comedic timing, Jeremy. You need to have a pause no, before I don't... it, but that's fine. Just take away my like running joke. It's fine. no, I won't take that one away from you. Um, you can do it on the OC. One Tree Hill. You should have heard of. I have. It's a YouTube album. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Well, it's it references the YouTube album, the YouTube album, the YouTube album. All right, I'm I'm done on that question. Uh, All right, what was your next question? Uh, my next one comes from uh, Captain Rufus, oh. um, and I think this one's actually from Twitter, uh, and it says, "I haven't okay. seen the series before, but I'm really loving watching the show each week and hearing your thoughts on it. Uh, however, I do have something that uh, just been niggling at me: Is Dan really Gossip Girl? It just doesn't make any sense." Rufus, I don't know how to explain good cinematography to you and excellent screenwriting, but I'm going to try. Is that so because what, you haven't actually people... studied excellent cinematography or screenwriting uh-huh. at all? We've been through this. Jeremy, I've been through this. Year 10 media studies. I got this. Oh, all yeah, right. you're right. So what happens is that writers make big, bold choices. And then what you do is you don't tell anyone, including the actors, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that it just naturally comes across through a range of, you know, experiences and things that happen in the series and plot points and climaxes. And then it comes as this huge reveal at the end that everyone is like, whoa, that's amazing. I didn't even see that coming. That's the true magic. So how does it, how does it, how is he Gossip Girl? Because it has this show has amazing amazing script writers who I mean, are seven steps ahead all the time i'm not sure if the same script writers that were on the show when the show started were on the show when the show ended i don't know their soul was <laughs> yeah they sold it to warner brothers and just had to keep it going all the way through this series i mean everything has a soul so that script definitely just there was an element of it that's going to carry any any writer that touches it is going to have the Gossip Girl magic deep within them. Sure. Sure. Okay. Mm. <laughs> we can say that. Um, I think I'm That's on the record. That's my expert opinion. I think I'm on the record that, look, they may have not told anyone, but I don't think they told each other either, uh, that there was one person who knew that Dan was Gossip Girl and no one else did. So it really depended on who the writer was that they would decide. Uh, or more accurately, no one knew. And there was this great plan that was decided at the very last moment. And that's acceptable. You can do that. Battle Sky Galactic no, is the can... same thing. No. If you've been going for seven seasons, you're absolutely going to know who is this, you know, like, what's it that when you call a character that like, has the same name as the show? Eponymous. Yes. When you're the hippopotamus character, you're going to want to make sure that, like, that has been a well thought out plan. Mm. Uh, all right. They knew when they were casting. They knew when they were casting uh, Penn Badgley. They're like, "Oh yeah, this this guy looks like he could be a gossip girl." Insert jingle Indie here. Guns. <laughs> uh, I mm, I don't know because Pretty Little Liars always had that big thing of who is a who is actually pulling the strings here and they revealed it and then they changed it and then they revealed it and then they changed it and they revealed it and then they changed it and i think the gossip girl was going to be something like that and they just never actually got around to it Mm. uh so they're like well shit we got to do something i guess it's dan Mm. 
Oh, you know, actually, you know what? I'm going to give this to them. Um, and masterpiece. Depe- depending on how well it actually pulls out, it might be a masterpiece. I think <laughs> what they did was they had no idea who Gossip Girl was and they wrote the whole series and then they got to the end and like, we have to reveal who Gossip Girl is. And they pulled all the bits and pieces together through the um through the show and they're like who makes the most sense to be gossip girl and they went it's dan we've there's groundwork that has been laid that we didn't realize we were laying and they're like it just it makes the most sense to be dan even if there are a couple of things that don't quite work let's just say it's him and hand wave the rest away sure i mean that's if that's your belief that's fine i mean i believe in the you know absolute sanctitude of script writing and you know I appreciate the hard work that would have gone into preparing seven seasons ahead, but sure. I mean, I don't think they did. I don't think they planned more than two seasons ahead. I just feel it in my, like... In your gut. I just feel in my, yeah, in my gut that this was... This show just was too perfect to not be planned out. (laughs) So free from flaws was it that, like, it had to be so meticulously planned out. Okay, but what about the parts where they did actually change halfway through, like the whole Jenny Nate um, intended relationship, like in the books, where Chase Crawford said, uh, "Taylor Momsen's fifteen. I'm not making out with her anymore." Yeah, but that's different. That's not about Dan being Gossip Girl. So, okay, so Dan being Gossip Girl was the only thing they planned out seven years in advance. Well, that was the main thing they planned out. Okay, cool. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that like unflexible to change. I'm just saying that like great thinking and like excellent script writing like this doesn't happen by accident. It's true. It's true. It is a lot of work. Is it, we're not talking about the room yeah. here. This um, there was a lot of planning going into this. So any further? There was a question? lot of planning that went into the room. Thank you very much. <laughs> there must have been actually. <laughs> have you watched the Disaster Artist or read the I book? Haven't. I haven't. Oh my gosh, Tommy Wiseau worked his butt off selling denim jeans in San Francisco for years so that he could fund that movie. Yeah, and he's still... Not to mention how long he spent writing the script and then like reshooting green screen scenes that didn't need to be made. That guy worked tirelessly. Having two cameras to record at the same time. That must have been a whole afternoon (laughs) that he didn't have time to do anything else. You're going to watch this movie and you're going to take eat all your words. Yeah, sure. with like, a spoon. Oh my gosh, I'm going to eat my words with a spoon. Yeah, with a spoon. Yeah. Uh, any more questions from the gram? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've got one that came in as an email, but they've only given the name as Lonely Boy Loather. Uh, I'm not sure Ooh, what, Boy what that means because they're not asking about Dan Ooh. at all. Uh, they're okay. asking why is I like Blair... alliteration. <laughs> I like it as well, actually. Uh, they're asking why is Blair Waldorf so similar to Kate Bishop in Hawkeye? And Meek, I know this is a um, a topic that's near and dear to your heart. So I'll let you answer that uh-huh. one. Yeah. Well, did you know, fun fact, that the same house they use in Hawkeye is the same set they filmed Blair's apartment in the Oh, show. wow. I didn't I know, know that at all. That. I didn't know yeah. that at all. I actually thought it was a real penthouse in, um, in, in New York that uh, they filmed from. No, it turns For out both. it was a set piece. Wow, that's actually a little bit shocking. I really love that apartment. I want it to be a real place. Because <laughs> it's it's a and, gorgeous penthouse. Oh, stunning. Stunning. I would happily live on that, like, faux set more than my house, like, right? happily. Oh, that would mm. be fun. There would be some really nice sets just to live on. 
rather than um well there's a few houses around melbourne that have been set that i know people like i know uh oh yeah kath and kim had one yeah yeah yeah. the kath and kim house is a real house uh jermaine private school girl was filmed in a house actually not too far from us do you remember Um, um upper middle bogan yes yeah there's the house in season three that they move into which is supposed to be like this bizarre modern like postmodern weird total marble and glass walls and things like that and i looked at it and went fuck yeah i live there <laughs> i think it's actually yeah, an art right? gallery that they just moved like uh some stuff into and said yeah this is what a pretentious architect would actually build i'm like no that's a great house i want to live there <laughs> that is great show great show. it's a great show as well yeah, it's really disappointing. Uh, that underrated show, season. that one. Really underrated. Yeah. yeah. The last season did falter towards the end. I had some some problems with Upper Middle Bogan that um, yeah. I don't think you... It'd be an interesting one to see if they could remake it in the States like they tried with Kath and Kim. Ooh. They wouldn't be able to. I don't It'd think so. Only because the... Uh, yeah, and because the adoption thing is so different in America, it has such a different contextual, like, yeah, I don't think you could. I don't think it's no. going to translate. No, I think there's also much That's more okay. of a class difference um, in in the US. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. speaking of class, uh, but, speaking of class but, and going back to Blair Waldorf and Hawkeye. Yes. Uh, another fun fact, I don't know if you know this, but the mother character in Hawkeye. Yeah. Their name is Eleanor. Also Eleanor, yeah. Which is Blair's mum's name, which is... Right. <sighs> That's like, that's some red string bullshit right there. Yeah, like if I had a lot of time on my hands and a lot of, you know, moments in my day free to just, I would probably sit down and really think this through and put together a bit of a theory about how these stories connect, which sounds like is what this person that's emailed in has done. Yeah, Lonely Boy Lather. Which must be good for them. I, I don't know. I, I just think they've got um, they've tapped into something. I mean, Alan Heinberg was the the person that created um, was created Kate Bishop, which was I think like two thousand and three, two thousand and four. So well before uh-huh. before Gossip Girl even started. Wow, um, that's some real facts right there. Yeah, that's like a while ago, and looks a lot like um, like Bear Waldorf anyway. So it feels almost like that Blair Waldorf was modelled on Kate Bishop mm. originally because Kate Bishop's story yeah, right. is that she's a, a New York socialite who decides to take up the bow and arrow. And I can very much see Blair using a bow and arrow. Oh, for sure. I and mean, how you... long do you reckon you've felt, felt that you've really thought about this whole, like this sounds, for, for an email that's just got sent in, this sounds very well researched. I don't know. I mean, the email itself is just that one line, but I, I it's just mm. occurring to me now all these things oh, that I have gotcha. the similarities between the two. I Leighton Meester in particular was on um, on Veronica Mars around this time and she played a character called Carrie Bishop. Uh, so I mean, there's another connection there as well. And Alan Heinberg actually used to work uh-huh. on the OC. Um, the the creator. Yeah, I don't know if you've, have you, have you heard of that show? The OC, like the, oh, like the location in California? Yeah, the yeah, there, there was the like movie. she used to work there. No, no, the, there was a movie called Orange County. Yes. Yeah, and this was a show that was like that. Oh, yeah. gosh, yeah. like a travel show. Uh, sort of, more like a, yeah, a right. drama show. But yeah, anyway, it had Colin Tanks in it and he showed up in the show as well. And um, anyway, Alan Heinberg used to work on that. And actually, Josh Schwartz was one of the showrunners on the OC show that I just mentioned, and now he's on Gossip Girl. So they were probably friends. 
and um, probably he showed him a whole bunch of sketches with the, the whole look. So that might be a connection um, between them. That's um, that's really interesting. But wow. well done, Lonely Boy Lotha. That's a really, really cool thing that you've picked up on. I'm surprised more very... people aren't talking about it. I'm so surprised. And I'm, again, just shout out to that to that email. Like that's a, that is someone who has a lot of time on their hands and free time <laughs> and thoughts thinking you know what? to I put can, into that. I can guarantee that person has no free time. <laughs> well, it's because they're working so hard on putting together amazing points from amazing yeah. shows. I would say that that person sounds like someone who would call Gossip Girl a masterpiece. Uh, it might be, yeah. So it might be someone who has uh, clearly lost their mind. We love all our listeners. No, we do. Uh, our listeners are amazing. Thank you so much, listeners, for writing in. Uh, we really appreciate yes. that. Um, have Have we got any more? Do we have any more words of wisdom that we want to share with people uh, before? I mean, we, do you just want to share what's up? one thing you've never told anyone before? Like that's always a great question. Just share something you've never shared with the world before. It's only going out into the internet forever. Jeez, I what can't could even... possibly go wrong? I mean, there's a bunch of stuff, but I've shared it with everyone. So that's what the internet's for. Not don't say don't teach the children that don't don't put your secrets out on the internet, children. That's right. Keep them in, put them in an envelope, and then bury them in a pot plant, and then set the pot plant on fire. Don't do that. It just digital footprints are a thing. It is. And I was being facetious by trying to lure poor innocent Jeremy into a trap. (laughs) I was going to say most of the stuff I'll just tell people anyway. I just don't do it on recording. Um, I'm very well aware of the Fifth Amendment and and the fact that my words are digital footprint. Yeah. And I also have editing controls. So what could have happened is I've actually told Meek all of my secrets, including my uh, my PIN number and my credit card details, and I just deleted it from the episode. So no one else knows. This is the, the true power of the podcaster. It is. It's true. But actually, here, true. Is, here is a question just from me. Uh-huh. Um, and it is about more RPGs and D&D. Uh-huh. But mostly uh-huh. other RPGs. Uh, as a New Year's mm-hmm. resolution, since it is the end of the year, Meek, what game mm-hmm. are you going to try playing next year that is not d I have an answer to this, actually, like genuinely. So there's a yeah. thing coming up called Conquest here oh, yeah. in Melbourne. Happens yeah. over like Easter. Yeah. I'm going to play Vampire the Masquerade for the first time. Oh, wonderful. That'll be fun. Yeah, I have synced up with someone who runs games and uh, they have assured me that they will find me a spot so that I can try it out. Have you got a character in mind yet? No, I don't even really get how this game works. Okay, like, it, people have explained it to me, and I've watched stuff, and I've watched the crit roll. Uh, I think it's a crit roll. There's a crit roll. Yeah, episode and right. The, there is. There's yeah, a crit roll episode, it, right? and there's also um, L.A. by Night, which is uh, B. Dave Walters and Erica Ishii. Yes, and I've seen clips of that as well. Yeah, but um, I just yeah. So, no, I don't know what I'm going to play yet, but okay. uh, it'll be a one-shot situation, so. Knowing you and your mm-hmm. love of bards, I would recommend playing a Toreador. Mm-hmm. Ooh, like a baby Matador. No. Do, 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 do. That's what a Toreador is. It is. Do, do, in, do, do, do. in Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> Keep going. I won't have to pay royalties. It's 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 open line. It's um open domain, free domain, public domain. I used to play this on alto saxophone. Oh, that'd be good. Hmm. Anyway, um, so what I was going to say, um, actually, you know what? Gossip Girl is vampire game. That would be interesting. 
Uh, anyway, the the Toreadors are a strain of vampires that believes in beauty, in art, in music, um, and essentially only turn the, <laughs> the most, uh, I guess, exquisite people, which then means that they stay exquisite forever and they are quite willing to destroy something because it's just not quite beautiful enough. I know this is a fictional thing. These people sound great. Right? Yeah. You I, sound like my people. My um, my first foray into Vampire the Masquerade, I had a, a DJ, Toreador, uh, who was just oh. so enraptured with music that he's like, yeah, I, I, they just talk about it is all the time. Is that because their, their life was a D, if life was a DJ... The world was a dance if God, floor. If God was a DJ? Oh, no. Wait, wait, That's the one. Yeah. No. God is a DJ. Life is a dance life floor. Life is a dance floor. Uh, no. He was actually turned into a vampire before that song came out. So he was stuck oh. in the 1980s DJ lifestyle. So Total Eclipse of the Heart, that was his jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was his go-to song every single night when he's performing in the clubs of Melbourne. Nice. Yeah. Kind of felt sorry for him, nice. honestly. Then he got blown up, so it doesn't matter. Um, what game am I looking forward to? I'm going to answer my own question. Yeah, go for it. What game are you looking forward to as a New Year's resolution? I think I really want to give Monster of the Week a proper try. Okay. Um, and see if I can get like a mini campaign of that going. I mean, I've got my own homebrew setting, which you know about, um, which I really want to work on and actually have adventures in. But I think Monster of the Week is one that I want to just try as a player or as a as a storyteller gamekeeper mm. um, and just see, just feel what it's like. Because I feel that's more of a storytelling sto- adventure. And that's kind of what I like um, mm. at the moment. Like Monster yeah. of the Week is very much, there is a monster and it's probably way too powerful for anyone who's just a regular person, but the monster has to have a weakness. And a lot of the adventure yeah. is figuring out what the monster's weakness is, because once you know that, you'll just be able to kill it. So that's yeah. that's all you got to do, um, but up until that, it's like yeah, you've actually got to think about these and plan out the puzzles and talk to people and and role play together, and that I think is all really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, those of you who have not already written in, please uh, do so now with uh, maybe some ideas of what your or maybe some of the games that you're going to be playing in the new year. Some of the the things thoughts that you've got on Gossip Girl, uh, you can send all emails to dndntvpod at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find uh, me on, or you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, both at dndntvpod. Uh, Meek's already plugged. <laughs> you've already plugged your your Instagram. My super inactive Instagram. It'll be getting back up. That's a New Year's resolution for me. It'll there you be. go. Tune in first of Jan. Yeah. Content, content, content. For a hungover post of, oh, why did I do this? <laughs> uh, pre-scheduled. You can also subscribe and share us around. Sharing us with friends is probably the best way. Um, I think there's a lot of Closet Gossip Girl fans in the universe who re- who also play D&D and don't see the connection. But every time I've mentioned it to someone, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely listen to that. And then they don't. Uh, <laughs> so... So now is your chance in the new year to send this to link to a friend mm-hmm. and say, hey, give it a try. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Um, or, you know, if you like tangents, if you have a friend that loves yeah. tangents, send yeah. them this. And like, stories and running gags and, yeah, Chef's Kiss. Chef's Kiss is yeah. this podcast. Oh, yeah, I forget. This is a visual medium. Yeah, you'll get that, a lot of that Watch listening to this show. you get a lot of um, <laughs> me forgetting that people can't actually see the video we've got going. 
I'm just, yeah, I can't help it. I'm just so, so much of an animated. I'm just such an actor you are. when it comes to discussions. Here is a question. Why are bards never actors or comedians? They, they totes are. I've never seen a comedian bard. Uh, I haven't played a comedian bard. I've played a, I've played a like playwright slash poet actor bard. Okay. I think well, it's because, I, to be honest, I think I blame, uh, oh my gosh, Sam Regal slash yeah. Scanlon because he was so entertaining with like coming up with like, you know, songs on the, on the cusp. And it's very hard to do that. Like, you know, as an actor, what if you're, how are you going to inspire people? Like fucking like you give muscle, them a speech. Muscle. No, you give them a speech. Yeah. yeah but like, upon, but think about like, okay. Once more in, into the I breach, dear friends, once more. No, think about this literally in combat. All right. So yeah. there is like a freaking fire coming from dragons around you. And you see old Bobaroo over there that needs some inspiration. You are not going to run over and be like, Hey Bob, to be or not to be, that is but a question. Like Bob, who's like about to get their face melted off, is not going to be like, thanks for that. So or at said, least a song is a bit more like, or like any musical instrument can like fire you up. So it's a little bit more like, cool. So Bob's there and like the dragon's about to breathe fire and you hear this, we didn't start the fire. It was always, and you're just like, great. I feel better now that I'm not. Yeah, 100%. All right. That would definitely make me feel yeah. better. Sure. All right. Yeah. yeah. You're the bard. You know best. <laughs> so we'll wrap up with a thank you to all the listeners. Um, thank you from me. I'm going to be uh, presumptive and say thank you from uh, my previous guest as well. And thank you from Meek. Hey. I mean, you can say thank you yourself. but Yeah. Thank you again. Like it's been super, it's, it, will, it is going to continue to be super fun. Uh, and amazing and I'm just so yeah it's great wonderful wonderful thank, so, you, thank you for having me on your wonderful podcast oh, thank you. that's alright that's alright um, so stay safe everyone in the new year uh, be kind to yourselves and until next episode uh, may all your hits be crits <laughs>